This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at upcase.com. Is there a way to stay signed in on Skype? I don't know how to do anything on Skype. It gets me literally honest. every Friday. I sit down, I open Skype, I put on music, you get yeah. pumped up for the show, mm-hmm. and then I forget to sign into Skype. And then you text me and you go, are you on <laughs> Skype? And I go, yeah, man, it's open. <laughs> I have no idea. Do you sign out of Skype? No, I just quit it. I, I, have, I have no idea. I literally have oh. no idea how to work this application. I don't even push the call button. Tom does that, and then he leaves. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't even hang up. You hang up these calls. Like I literally never, I haven't, I don't think I've actually used Skype in maybe a year. Someone else has always interacted with the application and I just sit in front of it. Hey everybody, this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Gordon in Boston. And this is build phase. Yeah, I pretty much use it for this mm-hmm. and for team chat when playing Borderlands. Yep. Yep. Actually, that's probably the last time I used it was playing Borderlands with you. Yeah, because for some reason it's really poor yeah. in Borderlands. And you have to like press a button. And mm-hmm. That's annoying. Yeah. Still didn't finish that game. Oh, you should. Yeah. You should. They re-released for Xbox One. I'm thinking about getting it again mm. and just playing it because I want to play while sitting on my couch. Yeah. And not in a computer chair. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't remember how far I am, but I haven't played in a while. I got distracted by Zelda games and just That's, not playing games. That happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing Far Cry 4. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Like yeah. in my first five minutes, I killed a bear. Felt pretty good. Yeah. Feels pretty good. That's that bear bad. was scary as hell, too. <laughs> Bears are fast. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Did you ever see that photo of a shaved bear? Like a bear with all its fur shaved off? No. Terrifying. Send I'm it gonna, to me. I'm just going to Google search shaved bear and see what pops up. This might not be good. It's a good nope. thing I'm down in the studio where no one can see me because this could end up badly. B-E-A-R. Whoa. Right? If I just saw that thing... I would think that it's like a wolverine. Yeah. Because I've never actually seen a wolverine, I don't think. (laughs) But that is what I expect wolverines to look like. Right. That does not look like a bear. No. And actually, you know, they're not that big. Bears? They're big. They're big. But like when he's shaved, he doesn't look that big. Right. So their size belies their true strength. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a lot of of muscle packed into there. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't expect him to be so wrinkly. Kind of <laughs> yeah, looks like an elephant on the back. It's got head. a lot of, it's got, yeah, it's got a lot more loose skin than I would expect. Maybe he just lost a bunch of weight. Maybe that, maybe he right. was like, you still know. saving up for the surgery. Yeah, he had an eating problem, and now he's got the lap band, and so he dropped yeah. like a hundred pounds or something. Yeah, just it's not even like a major procedure; it's just a little yank up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so what's up? How's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. What are you working on? I don't think I can say. Yeah. Which is an odd place to be. And I, we usually don't talk about clients, but I can't say anything. Yeah. Like, I'm not even talking to the people around here about this specific app that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Like, they know the client, but like the mm-hmm. app. No. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Stealth mode, bruh. Yeah. Hardcore. 
San Francisco. Hashtag San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Uber ice cream. Are they doing that again? I want I'm them sure. To do that again. It's coming up. Yeah. You can talk about that UI presenter. What is it called? UI presentation controller. Presentation controller. Yeah. That's a cool API. It is weird that it's not working. So I can talk about that, I guess. Yeah. So basically, I, the project I'm on, we want to do custom alert views is basically what it boils down to. So fairly typical. Um, what they want is they want it to – they really want it to mimic the API as closely as possible of UI alert controller, which totally makes sense to me because I think that's a really – that new API is great. Um, I really like the action items. I like everything kind of in that API. And so they want to mimic that, but they want to have everything be modal. So they don't want the action sheet stuff. And they want the ability to add basically an arbitrary number of buttons to these things. So the requirements are fairly trivial. It should have a message of some kind. Don't even really need the title, just a message. And then a list of buttons, and they're always going to be just stacked on top of each other, right? So my first inclination was to use a view, like when I was kind of mapping it out in my head, was to use a view for this whole thing. And, well, first what I wanted to do is try to subclass UI alert controller and just style it, because if I could have done that, it would have been Wait, like, you know, that would have been ideal because uh, this would have all been so easy. But there's, it's hard to, or I didn't see any nice ways of really styling those alert views heavily, which is what I would need to do. So with that out the window, the next thing I was thinking was like, hey, okay, well, maybe I will use a view and add buttons kind of programmatically to this view, right? So the way I was thinking of it is that I'd have a view and it'd have like a message area, right? Like a label and then a single button that's tied to the message and tied to the bottom of the super view, right? And so I, I, what I was thinking was that as you add buttons, instead of removing that constraint between the button and the bottom of the view, and then adding a button in and tying it to the button above it and then tying that new button to the bottom of the view. Instead of doing that, every time I added a button, I'd have a reference to that constraint and I would increase the constant by the size of the button plus the buffer, right? So that so that basically what would happen is that the first button is always actually just tied to the bottom of the view, right? That would simplify that constraint. But the, that, the constant for that constraint would increase for each button that I added to the view. That seemed like much less kind of code juggling. And then all new buttons would just get tied to the previous button in line. Mm-hmm. So as I was kind of mapping that out, Tony actually was like, do you think you could just use a table view for this? And thinking about it like that actually would be much cleaner right if i could just use a table view and use the dele- you know the data source method so that basically this table view thing would have an internal list of actions 
so then it would just return the number of for the number of cells it would just return the number of actions it has for uh cell for road index path it would just pass the action title into this cell presenter or something you know what i mean so so that and then each cell would have a button inside of it you know the table view wouldn't have any selection enabled it wouldn't have any scrolling enabled it wouldn't look like a table view at all but it would remove the need to manually manage constraints at all or programmatically add things into this list. I think it's a great idea, right? Yeah. Um, I really think that it will be a very clean bit of code because of this, like just reusing the table view for this purpose. And so then when I was talking to you about this, because I was having some trouble getting auto layout to expand the, I don't even remember. Um, but then you had brought up UI what is it again? I'm never going to remember this. Presentation Pres- controller. You have presentation controller. Do you want to walk through that? what that does real quick for people that don't know? Yeah. So uh, I, th- I think the thing you didn't mention is that you want it to kind of appear like an alert would as well. Right. Um, so it's this list of buttons, but it doesn't take up the entire screen. It's sort of inset from the screen and displayed over top of whatever content happens to still be visible in the app. And there's sort of a dimming effect that goes on back there. So I suggested UI Presentation Controller because it it would allow you to design your table view and that whole view controller sort of as it should be and not having to worry about how it's actually presented. Because I believe your first pass at this, you had a nib where there was a normal sized view controller that had this like black dimming view behind it and then this table view that was sort of inset using constraints yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and so that seemed like the alert controller was doing a little bit too much. Like the alert controller should be the alert controller and all of the sort of visual effects of how it gets presented can be pulled out into, into UI presentation controller. Right. And the presentation controller is an object that manages a presentation. And the way it works or the way it ties into the UI view controller system in UIKit is that a view controller that you're going to present will have some transitioning delegate and there's a new method on that protocol that allows you to return a presentation controller. And what happens is when you go to present this view controller, the system consults its delegate and if it implements that method, it takes that presentation controller and uses that to actually perform the presentation. So you also have to subclass UI presentation controller and there's methods in there that let you know like when the presentation is about to start, when the presentation is ending, when the dismissal starts and ends, um, it allows you to specify what the frame of that view controller is going to be once it's finally been presented. And you know that's the sort of place to deal with the more visual parts of your presentation. So you create some half, you know, or half alpha black view, and you manage that, and you animate alongside your transition using the uh, transitioning coordinator. Uh, it, it fits into that new UI view controller system that was introduced in iOS 7 really well and lets you separate concerns over what this view controller actually needs to do and how it appears when it's presented. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of this. And I thought that because we were dealing with auto layout and you were doing strange things with layout to get that effect of being mm-hmm. inset and having a dimming view, mm-hmm. that it would, be more, it would be simpler to just be able to design this view controller at an arbitrary size. Right. like we typically do and not worry about those presentation details and just handle those in another object. So we went down that path. Yeah. And 
we got stuck and yeah. then you you went home for the day <laughs> <Right>. basically <laughs> and here we are <laughs> i still i still think i i do think that this is the right way to do it i think that we just have to figure out a way to make it so the issue that we ran into is kind of a chicken and an egg issue here which is that basically what we want is we want to be able to set the frame to the size of the table views content size right so just have this table view lay itself out right it'll add the buttons to itself and then it should know how at least how tall it's supposed to be if it doesn't know how wide it's supposed to be right but it but we we basically need to figure out the content size in order to figure out how tall to make this thing we can fudge everything else so the problem here is that in order to get that information we need the table view to have a frame, but we don't want to give it a frame until we know the content size, right? And then there's this, there's this basically temporal coupling thing going on where like, I guess it's not temporal coupling, but there's like a, a order of operations thing that happens where this presentation controller, it returns a frame for the view that it's about to present. And at that point, you need to say, this is how, how big to draw this thing. But at that point, the view hasn't been loaded in the view that's about to be presented. So we are expecting to, what we need, what we want, we want to be able to ask the view, how big do you want to be? And then just return that basically in this method that asks how big it should be. But the problem is that the view hasn't been drawn yet. The view hasn't gone through any of its delegate or data source things. It has, it hasn't laid out any cells. It hasn't done anything. So it's kind of this, like I said, chicken and an egg problem. Yeah. My, my guess there is that, well, so really what we need is we need our incoming view controllers view to get put into a view hierarchy and that will trigger layout and sort of, Everything should be good. The problem yep. is, is that it seems that UI presentation controller invokes frame of presented view and container view before it actually adds that view into the view hierarchy. Right. So when we query the presented view and say, hey, what's your content size? We need to like yeah. decide on a frame for you. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm zero high, bro. Like, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> well no. Like, we, so we've been trying to figure out a way to force a, a layout pass yeah. up front. Right. And that's kind of where we landed. Right. And yesterday I started thinking that maybe this frame of presented view and container view doesn't work for what we're trying to do because, you know, that's for more static content, I suppose. Like if you, you know, something with a known width and height that you want to show. I wonder if what happens if we just return. So here's the theory. At that point, we return the size of the view. Right. Or does that have a default value? Do you know? It defaults to the size of the container view. Cool. So so we don't implement that at all. Right. Right. We should note here that the presentation controller, when a presentation is about to begin, it puts this container view in mm -hmm. the window, which is sort of your playground for where this transition happens. Yes. And where things yeah. sort of animate within. Yeah. So by default, it gives you the bounds of that container view. Right. Which also okay. ended up leading to some fun debugging things where I couldn't figure out what was going on because it looked like the application crashed because I tap on the button that would call this thing up and nothing would happen. The log would spit out all this 
you know, auto layout constraints being broken, but then the entire application's unresponsive. But the application's unresponsive because that controller or that that container view that's in the intercepting touch events is cover is clear, <laughs> is completely transparent, but covering the entire window. So there was like, I'm sitting there going like, I don't understand. This isn't paused, right? I can see that these constraints broke. I can see other log messages coming from like Crashlytics that it's sending fragments up to the server and all this stuff. But like the app isn't responsive and it's because that view is in front of everything, mm-hmm. um, which is really annoying. But so I'm wondering if, if we, instead of setting the frame at that point, cause there's a callback for like, will begin transition, right? Essentially, I don't know what the yep. the functions or the methods yep. called. Yep, presentation transition will begin. So at that point, if we hold on to a reference of the this alert view controller, then at that point the view should be in the view hierarchy, and we should be able to edit its frame and tell it to redraw itself. Theoretically, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It also has callbacks about the container views layout. Passes so there's container mm-hmm. view will layout subviews container view did layout subviews. Um, I was thinking that container view did layout subviews might also be a good place because then as soon as it's put in the view hierarchy that should trigger right and that should bubble up before I, I'd hope before the presentation actually begins so we can set the frame there right that's not a bad idea I think either one of those should work but um it'd be great to have more information about how these things work. Yeah, a lot of this a lot of this was kind of I made a joke yesterday on Twitter, you were talking about it. And I made a joke that it's I was, you know, stack traces and breakpoints as documentation because it was like I don't know, I couldn't I couldn't figure out what order these things get called in. So I did something that I do far too often, which is just put breakpoints in all the different methods and then let it go and be like, okay, it hits this one and then this one and then this one. Cool. Got it. And then from that point, I can or break in this one thing and then just look at the stack trace and then I can see, oh, this gets called by this, gets called by this, gets called by this. Okay. And like that's the only way or at least that was the fastest way for me to figure out what was happening and why it wasn't getting laid out the way I expected it to get laid out, which is, you know, I kind of go back and forth on whether or not that's just acceptable, like practice, you know what I mean? You get good at that kind of stuff. Like I can throw down a breakpoint, hit command R in like three seconds and figure out what's going on. At what point is that worth documenting explicitly in writing? Yeah. And how? I mean, do you just have these really exhaustive documents that do you have like object graph diagrams? Right. I mean, we've been talking about this for 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot of documentation. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. I mean, like when I'm looking at the documentation and I see a note that's like, that just kind of says when this method is invoked, you can expect that like this has already happened. Like those types of things are helpful. Mm-hmm. I've seen that around. Unfortunately, this, th- these docs are pretty basic. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're at least at, at least there's documentation, unlike other things that have been added in iOS 8 that have not <laughs> been documented yet. Right. I'm sure someone's thinking right now, like, well, they should just open source UIKit. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be fine. But for the uninitiated, I can't imagine diving into source the UIKit diving? source to try to figure out how it works. Man, I don't know if I want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, that just sounds exhausting. 
source diving that stuff. I wonder how they deal with version compatibility in UIKit and how how they keep something that large sort of sane and maintainable when maybe they need to have these things back like in UIKit that are like backwards compatible with iOS 6. Right. I mean, your assumption there is like the word sane came up. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'd hope. Yeah. I wonder I how big too. that team is. UIKit? Yeah. I have no idea. Is it one of the bigger teams there or smaller? I, I honestly have no idea. I'd imagine it's one of the bigger teams. But yeah, the other thing that kind of caught me off guard is that it appears like that API has been audited and yet there is so oh that that was a different that was a different API call. There's a API call for the transitioning delegate. So the way this thing actually works is that externally it's a, it looks exactly like it, it, it behaves a lot like the UI alert controller does, right? So you instantiate it with like a message and then you you add actions to it, right? So then you create these actions and you add actions and then you just present it. And internally, it's setting its own presentation style, I think. And then it's a, or is it modal presentation style? Yeah, you got to yeah. set it to custom. Yeah, so you set the modal presentation style to custom and then it sets the... Uh, it's transitioning delegate to self so that anytime this thing is presented, I guess, is it, is it, it's when it's presented or dismissed, right? It instead asks itself, Hey, how should I be, or what presenter should I use present? What presentation controller should I use to present this thing? And so that at that point we return this custom presentation controller it's a really nice API, honestly. Like, I, I've been dealing with a lot of this kind of new UI uh, view controller transitioning stuff, and now the presentation controllers. I've been dealing with this stuff a lot recently on this project, and I gotta say that like I, I really like these APIs. I think that these APIs are really well designed. I rather they didn't have kind of baggage around using NS object. And therefore classes, which is kind of a pain in the neck. You know, like these animator things, they have to be whatever that protocol is called, the UI view controller transitioning animator or whatever protocol is a inherits from the NS object protocol, which means that your class has to be a class. It's annoying. I those could be those could easily be structs, and I'd feel much nicer about the whole thing. But so when this thing, when this alert controller gets presented, it asks itself it gets asked for the presentation controller we return we initialize and return our own custom presentation controller and everything works as we'd expect which is really nice but that api has it look like that that transitioning delegate thing it it looks like it's been audited so it takes it let me pull up this method hold on a second so i can actually yeah, this delegate method, presentation controller for presented view controller, presenting view controller, and source view controller. Right. Um, so the first argument, the controller you're presenting, in this case our alert controller, is marked as non-optional. Right. The, pre- the presenting is annotated as an implicitly unwrapped yeah. optional UI view controller. And then the source view controller is just an optional UI present – or no, sorry – no, the, the source, source view controller is also a non-optional, non-optional and it returns an optional. 
an optional presentation, presentation controller. controller. So it's like someone sat down and audited this, but they left in this implicitly unwrapped optional. And why, I guess, is my question. Like, I should file a radar on this. But, like, why is that implicitly unwrapped? When I saw it, I was like, oh, they must not have audited this API yet. But then the rest of them are non-optional. So it's like, okay, they made they went through some effort to make sure that these things are non-optional. And then it's like, well, maybe that presenting view controller can't be nil. But then in the docs, it says, like, no, it totally can be nil. And, in fact, we were seeing it as nil because it uses nil to represent for that to represent the fact that that view controller might be decided at a later point in time some at some point during the transition it's going to decide where exactly it needs to present from so like why like why is that it's really it's it's frustrating to me almost like not even at a technical level because technically it's easy to get around but at like a philosophical level it's really frustrating to me that that thing is implicitly unwrapped when it's obviously a dangerous thing like it's very clearly stated that it might be nil and given that it's so clearly stated that it might be nil that should just be a true optional and it wouldn't be surprising at that point yeah, that is odd. And I also don't necessarily understand why why the presenting view controller could be decided later. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like an implementation detail that like mm-hmm. something about some implementation details somewhere down in UIKit that I have no possible way of knowing. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe it has something to do with Mm, no, I don't know. I was thinking about if you did custom presentations on those system view controllers that are actually invoked like out of process. Mm-hmm. Maybe it has something to do with that. But we were seeing that nil case in this app and there's nothing going on. Right. That's weird. I'd like to know why that is. Why? Yeah. Why, just why it can be nil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be nice if there was more explanation about that. That'd kind of be a nice addition to documentation in general, I think is like yes this could be nil here's why it could be nil like and not just like you know it might be decided later that's kind of hand wavy why would it be decided later Mm -hmm. i don't know documentation is hard yeah it seems like this delegate method was designed where you really shouldn't be doing too much work in here like looking at the arguments and making decisions about what to do it seems designed to pretty much just take those three arguments and supply them to the designated initializer on UI presentation controller. Right. Exactly. So I'm guessing that's why they're fine with like, it might be nil, but you should never really have to worry about it. Yeah. Like the only thing we're doing is that check for self, which is just something I stole. Just com- I just completely stole from you, which was like check the presented view controller to make sure that it is of the type self, right? Like if this, this method should not get called because of the way this is set up. This method should only get called if self, if if this specific view is the thing being presented. But in case it isn't, don't return this custom. You know, it's just like a weird sanity check. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, I don't remember why I put well, that card in there. I mean, it's just defensive. Yeah. It's almost certainly not needed. I can't think of any like something else would have to be setting that class as its transition delegate in order for that to get called with a different 
presented right view controller so like the chances of it happening are almost non-existent but hey since we can't verify that with types might as well might as well verify it through a earlier turn in a conditional it's not that bad but then yeah we check that and then immediately just pass everything through to our custom presentation controller and go about our day so should we try to see if this works oh you want me to do that yeah why not Hmm. That's still zero, so it doesn't look like view did layout subviews happened. Yeah. So we have a content size for the table view now. Yes. What it's width and height, right? So it wants to be five hundred and eighty points wide and three hundred and fifty two points tall, which sounds exactly right to me. Five eighty. Uh maybe that's backwards. I don't know. Yeah, actually, no. No, no it, it keeps doing that. Um, the oh, con- I get it. The content size. This is the content size, not the size. Like if I look at – if I print out the frame size, oh, it's still 580. I don't know. I'm guessing – I think it's loading it as a square. Yep. And then coercing Which would be it. 600 by 600. Right. And then you have that padding around the table view. Right. Which is probably 10, 10 points 10 on points. each side. Right. But – all we need here is the size, the height specifically, yeah, of this thing. We can we're gonna we're gonna end up wanting to set the width ourselves to some yep. constant, and then all we need is to say get the content size of the table view, the height of the content size, and then set that frame to that. So this is gonna work, I think. And you'll probably want to define some maximum height based on padding in the view, and then go. If my content size is bigger than this maximum, mm-hmm. just set it to the maximum. Like if you're on a 4S and you have a, an alert with like 10 buttons, you don't necessarily want it to go like edge to edge, top to bottom, right? But you want it to scroll. I think I at know. that point, the designers need to make better choices. <laughs> mm, perfectly reasonable answer. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yep. So then it is just as simple as yeah. I think, I think breaking that, the height. Yeah, I think, that, I think that we need to do the simple thing here and just say like we're going to add every button that you tell us to add (laughs) and whatever happens after that is your own fault (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah if you add 50 buttons to this thing maybe make a better decision about how to display this data on screen because the alert view isn't cutting it that's fair (laughs) yeah that's fair cool right on i I think this is going to be nice I guess I'll have to set the frame and then tell it to invalidate its layout and layout if needed, right? Because everything is going to collapse after that. Like once I set the frame – so basically the way this is set up in the nib, the the view around the table view so – so this alert view is a view and then it has a table view inside of it because of design requirements where this thing needs to be like inset a little bit, right, from the edges. And so instead of dealing with trying to inset table view cells, I just – through this thing in a view and then I have this table view inside that and it's inset by like 10 points on all sides. But then I I actually used a placeholder constraint for the first time ever on this, which is that interface builder was yelling at me because it didn't know how to lay out this view because table views don't have an intrinsic content size. So the height 
of the the width i could tell it to just like pin to the edges or whatever but or you know the width is the full width but the height oh that's right i had to get i got rid of that because i didn't need it here this is an old implementation ignore me i don't know this is gonna work i think this is nice yeah it's cool that that worked yeah. so uh, it was um container view did layout sub views that did it uh yeah i'm assuming that i could probably tap into uh, maybe not tap into will layout sub views did layout sub views is the only thing we tried just now and it worked so i'd probably stick with that that seems like a s- reasonable place to mess with this stuff anyway cool yeah that's exciting it's gonna be a nice nice little component widget yeah and it's gonna it's <laughs> i'm really excited about the transition because we're going to transition from using UI alert controller to using this thing, which I just call alert view controller. And it's literally just going to be deleting some prefixes, changing an enum statement here or there, and deleting like title attributes or, you know what I mean? Like the initializer is going to change a little bit. I'll, de- I'll delete the prefix. So instead of like UI alert action, it's just alert action. So I'll delete the prefix. The alert action API is exactly the same. It's not different at all because it's just a simple struct. So I'm going to have to change very little code in order to move us over to this completely. That's awesome. Yeah. Pretty nice. You want to wrap it up? Yeah. Good show. It's felt like a throwback show. Yeah. We haven't talked about like just like one class in a long time. Since like episode three, I think, <laughs> when we decided that that was the thing we were going to do and then literally never did it again. <laughs> it worked all right for a bit. Yeah. That show. I don't, I don't think, I think we only ever did it once. <laughs> hmm. I remember having a long rant about UI page view controller at some point. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I guess we did do that. Show notes for this episode are we found at buildphase.fm slash 80. And as always, we want to hear from you. So email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or reach out on Twitter at buildphase. And we really appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. All right, man. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Cool. Yeah, later. Later.